0: It's Wednesday, May 31st. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Wright Report, your daily news podcast. I've got four briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, the FBI director is in trouble this morning, facing likely charges of contempt of Congress. And it's all because he refuses to share a document about corruption related to Joe Biden. Those details coming up. Second, a top Chinese scientist has admitted that the COVID pandemic could have started in a lab in Wuhan. I'll share with you what he said. Third, and speaking of China, leaders in Beijing are embracing Elon Musk this morning. He, of course, is the CEO of Tesla. But at the same time, they're actually rejecting meetings with Joe Biden and his team. I'll explain the difference. Fourth, New York state is celebrating a record amount of solar energy produced in that state, but they left out a key detail in their celebrations. It was produced at noon. So I'll share with you what they said when I asked how much solar energy gets produced in New York at midnight. Later, and speaking of solar energy, we close out the podcast with a question from Stacy in Dallas, Texas. She says that I'm not being fair when it comes to these new forms of energy, especially how batteries can actually help make up for the unreliable nature of things like solar and wind. So I'll respond to her in just a little bit. But first, let's get to our top story of the morning. The director of the FBI will likely be held in contempt of Congress, which is a charge that can be punishable with prison time all because he refuses to release an FBI document that alleges acts of corruption by Joe Biden. So here's what we know about this story as reported by the media outlets, Roll Call, Daily Mail, CNN, and Fox News. And so let's start with this Form FD-1023, right? That is something that you're likely going to hear more about in the coming days. So let's talk about what that means. So when an FBI agent sits down with what's called a confidential human source, Uh, It's a bit like when I used to sit down with my informants as a CIA officer, right? Well, this FBI agent uh, meeting with his confidential human source, well, the agent takes notes and obviously memorializes that meeting with a form. It's an FD-1023. Now, it's generally classified and protected from outside review, all in order to protect, of course, the source, the information and investigations related to it. Now, to be clear, the information in this form can be accurate or inaccurate or a mix of the two. All right. It it requires vetting and confirmation. Well, at some point in the past couple of years, it appears uh, that the FBI met with one of their confidential human sources, and that person made this allegation. A foreigner from some country in the world cooked up a criminal scheme with Joe Biden, who at the time was vice president. Now, the scheme involved Mr. Biden receiving $5 million, and in exchange, Mr. Biden agreed to take some sort of action on a piece of legislation or policy. We're not exactly sure, but it was some sort of favor for cash, which is quite clearly unlawful. Now, the FBI apparently received this tip at some point back in the year 2020. But an FBI whistleblower says that the Bureau has done little to nothing since then to either validate or investigate these claims of Biden's corruption. And that whistleblower then decided to go to the House of Representatives with this concern of theirs about this, this allegation and the form FD 1023 and ultimately the FBI's unwillingness to pursue it. So the whistleblower went to the House Oversight Committee that was uh, and is being led by a chair named James Comer who is a Republican representative. And he has said that he's going to pursue it if the FBI won't. And that's why he has demanded to see the actual form and the related information. He has also demanded to know from FBI Director Christopher Wray what investigations the Bureau have or has not conducted regarding this allegation. Well, unfortunately, Mr. Wray has said that he's not going to comply with Mr. Comer or his requests. So here's the FBI's statement on why. Quote, the FBI's mission is to protect the American people. Releasing confidential source information could potentially jeopardize these investigations and put lives at risk. Well, that led Representative Comer to issue a congressional subpoena for the document, giving Mr. Ray until yesterday to comply, which he did not. And that leaves Mr. Comer with one more option. He can have the entire House issue something called a contempt of Congress against Mr. Ray. And if the House votes to approve of such a thing, the FBI director could be punished with upwards of one year of prison time and a fine of upwards of $100,000. So that process is now set to begin. Well, maybe. And that sort of squishy factor here is because Mr. Comer is set to speak with Mr. Ray on the phone later today to discuss this case. But as of this very moment this morning... That FBI director is not going to budge from his position of non-cooperation. So that is the latest on this story that you're likely going to hear about this week. So what are we to make of it? Well, let me pivot from facts and data this morning to my opinion and analysis. And let me start with the question. Do you trust that the FBI and the Department of Justice, which is led by a Joe Biden appointee, that either of those entities will investigate Joe Biden? because that's really at the heart of the matter. Now, to help us understand whether or not uh, your response, let's say you you don't trust those organizations, well, we've got some data that say, well, you probably fall into the majority view of the situation. According to a survey by Harvard University and Harris Polling that was conducted just two weeks ago, they asked over 2,000 Americans three questions about trust in the FBI. First, they were asked if these respondents felt that Joe Biden's son, Hunter, ever engaged in illegal influence peddling. In other words, did Hunter Biden ever sell access to his father for official favors? Well, 63% of Americans said yes, Hunter likely did that. Second, folks were asked if Joe Biden himself were involved in his son's unlawful activity. And a majority, 53%, said yes, he was with 79% of Republicans and 58% of independents saying so. Democrats, for the record, were largely against such an idea. Finally, respondents were asked about trust, specifically if they believed that the FBI was properly investigating allegations of illegal conduct by the Biden family, right? And a majority of Americans, 55%, said no, that the FBI was not properly investigating these allegations, they also said this about trusting the FBI. 70% of Americans were concerned that the FBI would interfere in a future presidential election in favor of one candidate over another. And folks, that's pretty remarkable and horrifying, actually. Right? The vast majority of Americans do not trust that the FBI will stay out of presidential politics. Right? Most of us believe that the FBI is a political weapon used by one party against the other. Now, by the way, this poll and its views, it's not some sort of strange outlier, right? On May 16th, I briefed you on the Durham report, which investigated the FBI's conduct during the Trump-Russia investigation that started back in the summer of 2016 during that year's presidential election campaign. And as special counsel Durham found, the FBI, quote, failed to uphold strict fidelity to the law, end quote. In other words, the FBI was lawless. So as listeners might remember, the FBI and its current leadership countered that the finding of lawlessness, well, that was old stuff, many years ago. Plus, the criminality such as it was, wasn't really bad. Rather, just a series of, quote, missteps, which of course is absurd, right? That is not what Mr. Durham alleged. Rather, he alleged that the FBI broke the law and targeted a sitting president. All right, That is a coup d'etat by any estimation. And frankly, that should shock the conscience regardless of one's party. So what all this means, folks, from the poll from Harvard University to the Durham report, is that if you have skepticism that the FBI is actually going to follow through on any of these allegations of corruption by the Biden family to include Joe Biden. Well, you're in good company and you, in fact, have good reason not to trust the FBI. You, in fact, have pretty darn good reason to believe the whistleblower when they say that the FBI has not and will not properly investigate the allegations made in this FD 1023 form, right? They're not going to investigate this allegation that Joe Biden took 5 million bucks as vice president to change or alter U.S. policy. So is this contempt of Congress charge going to potentially force the hand of the FBI director to work with Congress? I'm skeptical, but uh, I hope I'm wrong. The bigger challenge, though, raised by this episode, in my view, is that we need to do one of two things. We have to restore your trust in the FBI. That is, if it can be done. Now, if so, it's going to take a new president and new leadership and staff, frankly, at not only the FBI, but the Department of Justice as well. Now, in the case that it can't be done, well, the FBI needs to be abolished. And that raises the question of what America would look like without an FBI. So I've heard some folks argue that duties could be divvied out to state and local law enforcement authorities. And I suppose that's possible. Uh, regardless, I'm ready for the conversation and the debate. Because ladies and gentlemen, when 70% of you believe that the FBI might interfere in the next presidential election, that that is not just a problem. That's a crisis. And it tells me that fundamentally, The American people no longer believe that we have a republic. Instead, you all believe that we have a regime and it's full of political warriors that are masquerading as FBI officials. And that, folks, has to change. It's got to change if we want to survive as a nation. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. Enjoy the following messages from our sponsoring partners. And then, in about a minute or two, we'll be right back. Friends, I'm excited to tell you about Ark seed kits, like Noah's Ark. And here's why I'm excited. On The Right Report, we talk a lot about two things. We talk about your pocketbook and how to save you some money. We also talk about preparing for global events, like how we could find ourselves at war in Asia. Well, with Ark seed kits, you can address both of those concerns at once. The all-in-one seed kit helps you grow your own food for life. It has over 65 varieties of fruits and vegetables, sprouting from 50,000 heirloom seeds. And let me tell you why that is so important. Heirloom seeds last year after year. Each crop helps you grow the next. But that's not true of 95% of most seeds that you buy. Those last only one year. That's why heirloom seeds from ARC Seed Kits are so great. It's a lifetime of food security. So go to arcseedkits.com, again that's ARC like Noah's ARC, and buy your heirloom seeds today. And if you do, make sure you use promo code Right, like my last name, W-R-I-G-H-T, and that'll get you 10% off your order. So go to arcseedkits.com, promo code Right and invest in good food and a bigger wallet for life. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our briefs this morning with two pieces of news coming out of Beijing. So first, a leading government scientist in China says that COVID could have come from a Chinese lab in Wuhan that was accidentally leaked into the world. That claim was made to the British media outlet BBC just yesterday. So here are the details of that very shocking interview. The former director of China's Center for Disease Control, his name is Professor George Gao, He was interviewed by BBC4 radio podcast about the origins of the COVID pandemic. Specifically, he was asked about and indeed questioned about the possibility that COVID came from a lab in Wuhan, China and then accidentally leaked to some poor safety controls. And here's what he said. Quote, I don't rule out anything. You can always suspect something. That's science, end quote. All right, he went on to say for the first time that communist officials in Beijing actually conducted an investigation into this possibility, that scientists were manipulating a coronavirus at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and something went terribly wrong. But Mr. Gao said he's not sure what those Beijing investigators ultimately found. He's heard rumors of the outcome, but he's not sure. Still, he said this, quote, I think that their conclusion is that the lab followed all the protocols. They haven't found any wrongdoing. Well, his speculation aside, it's the first public acknowledgement by a Chinese official who had any role in the pandemic response that some sort of investigation at this Wuhan lab was actually carried out. Meaning, folks, there's a report with findings that the world has never seen. Well, as you can imagine, this interview is quite shocking in that no one affiliated with the Chinese government has ever allowed for even the remote possibility that China could have caused the pandemic, either accidentally or otherwise. Instead, the the communists in Beijing have only issued statements like this next one to the United Kingdom government, saying that, quote, the so-called lab leak is a lie created by anti-China forces, and it is politically motivated with no scientific basis, end quote. Well, this latest fella just completely undermined that, didn't he? So all in all, this is a pretty fascinating development out of China by a man who now serves, by the way, as China's vice president of the National Natural Science Foundation. And to be candid with you, I'm pretty nervous for this guy. The communists are not going to be happy with him. Let's move on, folks, to our next brief of the morning. But let's actually stay in China, because I've got two developments that tell us a lot about how Beijing works. And based on my experience, it also tells us how they plan on winning the fight with America. First up, the CEO of Tesla, Elon Musk, traveled to China yesterday for his first visit in three years to that country. According to Reuters news service and the New York Post, he met with the country's foreign minister, which is sort of like our secretary of state. And he did so to discuss Tesla's operations in the country. The foreign ministry later released a statement saying that Mr. Musk planned on expanding his business operations in China, and they said he criticized plans by America and European leaders to separate or decouple their economies from the economy of China. So as Mr. Musk sat down to discuss business relations with China's leaders, two other American CEOs also landed in China to do the same. The leaders of JP Morgan and Starbucks are now both in China. That follows the March visit of Apple's CEO, Tim Cook. So folks, I want you to consider that embrace of America's businessmen with Beijing's leaders with this next update. Late last week, Pentagon officials confirmed that China has rejected repeated requests to meet with their Minister of Defense and our Secretary of Defense. Right. There was a hope by the Biden administration that the two could meet at a conference later this week in Singapore, but China just turned down that offer, and they did so in language that the Wall Street Journal reported to be, quote, unusually blunt, end quote. By the way, this also comes as NBC News is reporting that the Chinese have turned down more than a dozen of these requests since the year 2021. It also comes a week after Joe Biden said that relations between China and the United States would get better, quote, very soon, end quote. Well, it appears as though that is not true. So those are the facts and data this morning about two very different experiences. On one hand, we have a warm embrace between America's CEOs and the leadership in Beijing. But on the other hand, we have a pretty cold shoulder for America's military leaders. So what are we to make of that? Well, let's move to my opinion and analysis. And here's what I see based on my understanding and experiences of working with these turkeys in Beijing. So first, I'll tell you that what this tells me is that Beijing is sending a very clear message to Biden and his team, and that is this. America's political leaders are the junior partners in the world, and they can be shoved aside as Beijing chooses. second, what the communists are doing here is that they're also telling us that there's another group, That is far more important in the United States, far more important than our military and political leaders, and that is corporate America. And here's what I mean by that. All right, China has 1.4 billion people, right? Those are consumers and they are buying lots of stuff. And the communist regime knows that our corporate leaders want access to those people and that market to make money. So this embrace of corporate leaders, well, they're looking to build these relationships with these men and women in corporate America, who in turn are going to go back to America's politicians and tell them to do what they want. That is what China wants, using their economic leverage and frankly, their political donations to change or soften U.S. policy. And here's the bad news. The communists are probably smart to use America's corporate leaders to control our politicians, because unless we have an exceptional president, who's willing to ignore corporate America, then yeah, corporate leaders are going to end up driving our China policy. And that might be good for, say, people like Elon Musk and Tesla, but that is very bad for the rest of us. With that, let's move on to our last brief of the morning. And this one involves a very curious declaration out of New York State this morning that celebrates a record amount of solar energy, but leaves out one key detail. So here's what we know, as reported by Reuters News Service. So last week, New York's grid operator announced that 20% of the state's electricity came from solar power during one day last week, right? It was a record 3,330 megawatts. Well, in response, New York's environmental community celebrated the achievement. For instance, the CEO of the New York State Energy Research and Development Authority said, quote, the new record means that we're making solar energy more accessible to families and businesses while moving the state closer to its climate act mandates end quote except there's just one problem the record ladies and gentlemen was set between noon and 1 p.m that is of course when the sun is out but what about at uh, well seven hours later at 7 p.m or 10 p.m or three o'clock in the morning Right. Do we still have record solar energy production at those evening hours? And if not, where is New York's electricity coming from at that hour? Well, I sent out emails to various organizations in New York asking those questions. So far, no responses. I'm sure they're just very, very busy. Regardless, I'll keep you posted. If I do get any responses, you just uh, might not want to hold your breath. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. So enjoy this next break, and we will be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. So since I started hosting podcasts, which is, gosh, over a year now, I've covered what many people call the clean energy revolution. And based on what I have found and shared with you all, I think that the better name is, is dirty green energy revolution, because this stuff comes with all sorts of secret surprises that aren't so clean. Well, that has led to criticism from some listeners about my views, and one criticism is connected to the issue of batteries, right? Stacy from Dallas, Texas, is one such person who has criticized my views. She said, quote, I think you're being unfair. I think, for instance, Tesla has battery packs that people can use, and that addresses the reliability issue that you bring up so often. So maybe talk about that to just add a little bit of balance to the conversation. Well, Stacy, I really appreciate the criticism. It's totally fair. And so let's talk about the batteries. And you mentioned Tesla. Well, a Tesla Powerwall battery, it can be purchased by consumers. That's true. But it's going to run you around $11,000 for one battery, plus another 2000 or so for installation. So let's just put aside who can actually afford that. And let's do a thought experiment. So let's say that you have spent $13,000 for a Tesla battery, and you have decided to go all in on your greenness, (laughs) and you've connected that battery to some solar panels, right? On your roof, of course. Well, according to Forbes magazine, those panels are going to run you another $16,000 to $35,000. So your all-in investment to go green stands anywhere from $30,000 to $45,000, right? Now I want you to imagine that you pull into your house one night and, well, you're thinking about what you got to do. You know, you have to wash your clothes, use the dryer, run the dishwasher, use your air conditioner. Maybe you should should iron that shirt, you know. Also, maybe uh, some microwave popcorn, right? Normal stuff. But we have a problem, right? Because we have to ask, how sunny of a day did we just have? Because if it was cloudy, we're in trouble. Right? Our $45,000 solar and battery system, well, it ultimately didn't fully charge the battery. But let's just put that aside. Let's just assume that it is always sunny where we live every day. But even still, our problem remains. Right? We are still going to have to calculate how much electricity we're probably going to use that evening before the sun comes up in the morning. The point, Stacy, is that even with batteries and solar panels, at least based on their current designs and chemistries, you're talking about building your life and your home on an energy supply that's, it depends, right? You're going to have to calculate what you can and can't do based on whether or not you had a cloudy day or not. Your life becomes, it depends. And in my view, that's no way to live, or more importantly, build and sustain an economy. Now, if you want to live sort of an, an it depends life, Because let's say you live out in the mountains and you have no other choice. Well, fair enough. But if you're doing it because of climate change, I have to respectfully offer this. China is building more coal plants this morning and emitting more carbon dioxide than any other nation on the planet. In fact, more than all other developed nations combined. And here's the blunt truth. Your battery pack and those solar panels aren't going to change that, Stacey. And I say that with all due respect.